Welcome, everyone. This is the Abundant Investor Podcast, and we are Beth and Christine, your hosts. We are here to show you how you can live your rich life right now with the power of an abundance mindset and tools the wealthy have used for years that are accessible to the rest of us. Things like real estate investing and using the powerful benefits of life insurance. We're so glad you're here. Now let's dive in. Welcome back to the Abundant Investor Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Beth Rooney. I'm here with Christine Fisk. And today we're going to talk about should you renovate or should you move? And we're going to really drill down on renovating, how to set your mindset up, how to what the process looks like, and what the benefits can be if you can stomach the um, short-term um, pain for the long-term gain. <laughs> and I love this conversation. It, yes, exactly. And and I say that in, in jest because it really doesn't have to be painful. Um, we're okay. here to try to take that, um, take that out. We're going to walk you through the process, some of the phases. We're going to give you some hacks along the way. And um, we're going to start off talking about having the right mindset, though. I think it's so important, right, Christine? Absolutely. So <laughs> going back to what you said before, this is, um, it's, it's certainly we acknowledge renovating a home, especially one that you're living in, is not for everyone. And if you're up for it, it is an amazing opportunity to build equity and to customize a home to the design, decor, and use and function that suits your family or for you, um, suits you best. And so I love the idea of renovating houses for both of those reasons. And certainly Beth and I combined have quite a bit of experience renovating places between our primary residences and investment properties. I would say we've probably done about 10 different renovations just off the top of my head. And um, we've lived through them. We've moved out. We've done them on properties where we're not living. We've worked with probably many different contractors because I can say that for myself. And I know, Beth, (laughs) you've, you've found some amazing Um, help in terms of the contractors. And we want to share with you what we've learned so that you to make, you know, to make your next renovation easier and also help demystify the process. If you're thinking of buying a fixer upper, because also, as you said, right, Beth, there's a lot more opportunities to buy houses that need work right now, as opposed to being able to walk into any market right now, especially in a suburb near a big city and find the finished product, um, the type of house that you are, you know, is really turnkey and is exactly what you want. And if you're willing to go through it, you can create a beautiful space that really fits your need. Maybe you like mid-century modern, maybe you're more traditional, maybe you're looking to renovate in a beachy vibe. Um, All of that is available and all of the design inspiration is online these days. And I think for a lot of people, that's exciting and inspiring and fun to go through. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're going to demystify the process a bit and walk you through some of the process and some of our hacks. I love it. I love it. Exactly. And, you know, in, in the, with the real estate market being like it is with inventory being low, um, use this podcast as your guide to say, should we be looking at homes that need to be renovated? 
And um, hopefully we'll give you all the details in the, you know, sort of the big picture and the details underneath around what it looks like so you can make a sound um, decision. So um, with that said, we, we've broken this down into, into about five phases of the, the renovation. And the first one is to, to start thinking about your plan and your vision, right? Um, what is the plan? What, what are you trying to do? Are you, are you putting on an addition? Are you just renovating within the four walls of the property? What are you trying to, what's your vision? Like you just said, you know, are, how do you want to use each space? And sometimes it's great if you've been living in a home and you get a feel for it, you get a real feel for, okay, we're missing an entryway where the kids can just drop their backpacks. We need a mudroom <laughs> or, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So after living in a home for a little bit, um, you sort of get a feel or even just walking through. So, um, the you know, having a scope of project is important. Having a budget um, and then hiring, you get, there's two big, um, hires in this, this stage, there's hiring a builder and hiring, um, an architect. If you're, if you're tearing walls down and, and needing plans and most likely if you're doing a big renovation, you're going to need architectural plans to get your building permit. And you're going to need a contractor to get your building permit. So this is a big phase and it's, it's actually really fun. It actually, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I love that. And I think, you know, for some people renovating might mean simply painting and updating some appliances, maybe their countertops, and you don't need perhaps all of those parties. Um, I think, you know, you've got to decide what's the, what's the scope? Is this a teardown or, you know, like pretty much tear down the inside? I just walked through a property a couple of weeks ago that had the same footprint as one of my investments and they made the first floor look entirely different from what it originally did. And the use was very functional for what they wanted to use it for. So it's very much a personal thing. And you want to be thinking also about the market. If this is a property that later on down the line Mm -hmm. in the near future, and I say near future, meaning like next five to even 10 years, you're going to be putting it back on the market. You do want to take into consideration um, if you're trying to build equity and and resell it you want you might want to be thinking about what's good for resale later on too so mm-hmm. the vision is so important and thinking through like what do you really want in this space and what will other people want later on or maybe you just say you know it doesn't matter what other people want i'm going to go all out on this and i'm going to and i'm going to design it we've certainly beth especially you and as as a in real estate for so many years seen properties that are very customized that aren't going to fit a lot of people's tastes and you know if money's not an object or you don't really care about resale that's fine um and if you do you know you're going to want to think about some of that that um but yes and the the so the architect is really important in cases where you are going to be making major renovations, tearing down walls, building out. Um, and then your contractor, I would say, if you're doing any type of project where you're bringing in a general contractor, this is your most important hire. Yeah, 100%. And um, having built a, a home from the ground up and having you know bought a home and put an addition on that doubled the size of the home, um, I spoke to, let's just start with architects. Um, my husband and I interviewed um, well over five architects when we first, when we built the, the home from the ground up. And it's one of the areas that can have 
the most diversity in cost. Mm. Um, and again, it's going to depend on, on what you know and what you want. Um, so at the lowest end of the spectrum in terms of cost, you have a, a plan in mind. You and your, you've already spoken likely with a contractor and you just need someone to build out the plan so and stamp it so that the plans can get approved at the town hall to get your permit. <laughs> okay. And so that, that architect is not interviewing you and finding out what you, you know, your needs are. You're going to them and that you're saying, this is what I'm looking for. Can you build me the plans? Mm -hmm. And that's all you want from them. So that's at the lowest end of the spectrum in terms of cost. I often found that these are folks that maybe um, are retired from being an architect at a larger firm and are doing this sort of on the side for fun. Um, their 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 technology isn't you know huge. Um, we actually had someone use um, our home that we built. He actually um, hand wrote all of the architectural plans, which is incredible. <laughs> Um, so that's at one end of the spectrum on the far end of the, uh, the spectrum on the other side is that if you're hiring a, a large, um, uh, like a builder, that's part of a larger company, they probably have on site an architect and, um, a whole planning team that will plan everything from, you know, picking paint colors to, providing 3D uh, plans where you can kind of walk through the rooms. I mean, there's some amazing technology. And in, in those cases, you're, you're going to probably have a builder, a designer, a contractor, um, uh, uh, the architect all in one team. It's like a one-stop shopping. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a beautiful opportunity too. It's just going to be a lot more expensive, but you're, you're going to be, um, served along the way, you're getting that value along the way of not having to worry about, you know, what size refrigerator you need or anything like that. They're, your designer will pick all that for you. So those are the two ends of the spectrum. And there's everything in between for, for larger renovations. Um, but when you when you're, you're looking to do this, I think what you want to ask yourself is what are you trying to accomplish? And what are you what kind of service are you looking for? Mm hmm. Absolutely. Yep. And for, for a lot of people, that one-stop shop is really a beautiful, seamless way to get their vision brought to life. And it's probably quite a bit less stressful. Although I've, my experience has been that the stress that people bring to the renovation is similar to the stress that they feel in life. And <laughs> the way they handle it is kind of the way that they handle life. So I've seen people with small renovations um, including coaching clients of mine be, be pretty stressed out. And then I have actually, it's funny. I have a lot of clients who've gone through renovations because I'm thinking about another one who did an entire house renovation and he's really, um, kept his cool throughout the whole thing. Although like I've heard about the details and the ups and downs have been pretty wild. And, um, so I think, you know, it goes back to, <laughs> back to mindset a bit and what, what's your strength and what's your forte and don't be afraid to ask for help, especially if you have the budget to bring in additional support. Um, why not, especially to the women out there, why not be supported? Because we mm -hmm. tend to take on a lot. So yep. if it's fun for you, exactly. go for it. And the same goes for when we get into talking about actually the DIY. Some people want to roll up their sleeves and get their hands dirty and and, and learn how to tile their backsplash or learn how to install um, their, you know, their bathroom fixtures. 
Mm-hmm. Great. I, I'm not interested in a lot of that. I mean, you know, I, I have done a lot of that and there's certain things that I just say, nope, I'm, I'm cool if I never learn how to do this. Right. Exactly. And I think being on the same page with your spouse or your partner throughout this is so important. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, so having these you. conversations <laughs> and it's just like everything, what you give out is what you'll get back. And yeah, so, you know, true. having a nice relationship with all of these people that you're going to be spending the next six, eight, maybe 12 months with is really important. And also knowing that these projects always take longer than you think they're going to. So there's things that come up, especially if you're buying an older home and, and renovating. You don't mm-hmm. know what's under behind the walls. You don't know what you're going to get with water tables. So knowing that and having a mindset of, okay, this is a blip on the screen of time. Um, And at the end, I'm going to have the house that I've always dreamed of. And if something gets delayed a couple of weeks, it's not the end of the world. Because if you start off with that contentious, um, a contentious kind of relationship with all the people that are building this beautiful project for you, it's not going to be as fun as if you, um, you know, I remember my husband on Fridays would bring, um, we, we were doing a lot of the building in the cold winter months. So every Friday he would get a huge kettle of soup and great bread and some, you know, waters and what have you and bring a hot lunch to the workers. And boy, did that make them, you know, feel better. And, you know, uh, I love nice, that so much. Yeah, a nice cup of hot soup on a cold Friday was always yeah. helped. It's so awesome. Um, and, and it's so true, Beth, what you put in is what you get out. I remember hearing a, a story from an acquaintance about his contractor and how they got really contentious with each other. And in the end, the, the someone ended up pouring, I think, concrete down some pipes. Oh, goodness. And- you know, and, and creating a really, a really bad scenario and you just want to avoid all of that. So, you know, if, if you haven't practiced your patience yet, this is a really good mm-hmm. opportunity to practice your patience and working yeah. with instructors because stuff does come up. Um, stuff's going to come up with you, with them, and then in the environment right. that are just beyond people's control. Right. And there's a lot of people involved. There's there's a lot of people that are going to be in and out of the house. There's a lot of personalities. My dad owned a construction company, Donahoe Construction. They did more commercial work. But I remember the story. This this is an industry that's known as being, can, that can be contentious. Mm-hmm. Um, because if the plumber doesn't show up when he's supposed to show up, it, it screws everything else up down the line. And, you know, so knowing this going going in and really really working on a mindset of being flexible of um working with the people that are building the home and appreciating what they're doing and understanding that um you might have to bend a little bit and not being taken advantage of being you know eyes wide open um mm-hmm. having a set budget and all that kind of stuff but just that 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 mindset is really important when you're doing a project like this um and um so one of the hacks that we have is something kind of fun we there's a there's a website called house h-o-u-z-z if you haven't used it it's it there's literally over two million pictures of interiors and exteriors and uh, landscaping of homes so you can say okay um, I want to make a decision about, let's say it's the windows and you don't know if you want to use white windows or black windows. You can go in and type in black windows and get pictures of homes that have used black windows. Um, you can just look at kitchens. You can just look at bathrooms. You can, 
you can just look at patios. So what we suggest is that you, you start an account on house and you create a folder for all of the areas that you're doing a renovation. So if you're going to be doing a kitchen, start a kitchen fold, uh, folder, a bathroom folder, and get the um, get your partner on board so that you can start to it will really help you build a vision because it's sometimes it's hard when somebody asks you if you are a, you know, traditional or, or, you know, what's your style? Modernist. It's hard to know. Yeah. And I think that, um, just starting to visualize. So I always say I'm visual. I really need to see it. I really like to see it. And I really get inspired by what I see either on house. I happen to like Pinterest as well. I know a lot of people already have Pinterest accounts. It's another place where you can create um, room by room, basically vision boards for th- with things that you like. Um, so either way, and I think to start to collect and look at pictures of what you like, um, it's um, it's really rare that I would do any even small school, sm- small style renovation without looking at pictures and really getting an idea um, for ideas for certain items so that I can then take that to a builder and say, hey, um, here's the type of hood that I would like over mm-hmm. my range. And that's something that we actually just did. And to be able to say like, can you build me something like this? Or would I have to go purchase it out of, you know, and and out of the box, you take it out and put it in. And my contractor just said, Oh, that's really straightforward. We can build that for you. No Mm. problem. That was great um, to show the visual and to say, okay, and here's the placement of the sconces that I like. And to be able to show that to my out-of-state contractor and just say, here is the way that I want the sconces to look next to the range. Is that doable. And they say, yeah, yeah, then no problem. Right. And then they keep pulling those pictures up as reference points, which makes me feel better. Like they know what I'm seeing and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's really important, especially if you're taking on a more hands-on approach. You know, mm-hmm. if you're not hiring a, 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 a construction management design kind of company, um, I think that yes, and it's it's just even if you are, it's great to to, to do that. And you know, pictures tell a, a, a thousand words, right? And um, I think that that's really great. So that's so let you know we're we're talking about the first phase. We spent a lot of time talking about this so far, but it's so important to get the to to um, no pun intended lay the foundation. <laughs> you know, exactly. what's your what's your plan? What's your vision? What's the scope of the project? What's your budget? Who's your contractor? What do your plans look like? What would your timetable look like? The next stage is to really start to um, actual start the project. And that is going to entail things like pulling permits, which can take a while. Mm-hmm. It's going to um, start to, um, you're going to start to uh, make a plan for where you're going to live during the project. Are you going to stay and live through it, which is possible, or are you going to move out? And what is your final fun- funding and plan schedule look like? So construction loans are awesome. Um, there's various, um, we've had two different experiences with them. We had a local bank the first time when we built a house and they were very sort of laid back about each phase of construction. They'd send the appraiser over, make sure that what we said was done was done. And, and then the next day the money was in our account. Then when we did a renovation on another project, we used a larger bank. 
and they were very um, much on a schedule and you had to meet their schedule, a lot less flexibility. Um, but either one, you know, you, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to have a, a plan with them and there's going to be milestones where they're, they're going to send an appraiser out. The appraiser is going to check that that work was done and then they will release funds. It's the way it works. Um, With a construction loan. And then there's other ways to do it too, right? Some people will take out equity. They'll take out a home equity line of credit. You might have cash set aside that you've been saving up for something like this. And I think it's really important, no matter which route you're going, is that you take into consideration the cost and then a cushion because things will come up. Um, It's very unpredictable. And also things might change. You might change your mind about... um, the, the type of door that you want and discover that you would love one that's twice the, the cost of the, the original door that you picked out. So, or any, anything for that matter. So you always want to have some cushion set aside and just anticipate that it's likely going to cost more than the initial estimate that you receive. Yep. A hundred percent. And you also want to take into account the cost of housing while mm. you're doing the work. So if you do decide to move out, you have a lot of options. We've done three different things. Once we lived with family, we lived with my parents while we started a project. You can use Furnish Finder and get a short-term furnished rental. Um, that's a really great option. You can live, you, you can go to sort of local um, condo, condo complexes. And oftentimes they'll have a couple of apartments that are furnished that you can rent short-term, month-to-month. Um, which is a little bit different than furnished finders, typically going to be um, a home and you're, you're renting, or even if it's a condo, you're renting directly in most cases from the, um, the, you know, the homeowner. So that is, um, you know, or again, you'll, you'll move in with um, family and be, you know, mentally prepared for that too. Exactly. <laughs> that, takes, that takes the right mindset. <laughs> it does take the right mindset. And so does living through the renovation. So mm-hmm. if you decide to, um, forego moving out. We did a kitchen renovation with two small kids years ago and we turned our dining room into our kitchen. So we moved the refrigerator in there because we were keeping it until we got our new one, I guess is what we did. And then we had a toaster oven and a microwave and we set up a little table in there. And for probably six weeks, um, the bulk of the renovation, we lived in that makeshift dining room kitchen Mm -hmm now and um and just had plastic sheets up around where our kitchen was and it was doable i mean if that if that's what your budget allows which is what we were working with at the time uh, you can definitely make it work and again patience and leaning on paper products (laughs) (laughs) figuring out like where you can make life easier is definitely um definitely something you want to do but yeah. i think no matter what your budget there's all different options and absolutely the crock pot becomes your friend right the crock pot <laughs> love the crock pot during those yeah. times and the grill if it's the summer the grill is awesome yeah yeah um, you can make it work yep absolutely so first phase is you know creating that plan and vision second phase is Now, pulling the permits, making your, you know, finalizing your budget, making your plan for how how long it's going to take, where you're going to live, all that kind of great stuff. All right. So phase three is a quick one. It's the demo phase. (laughs) Okay. So in most cases, you have to um, take one step back to take two steps forward. And that's pulling the walls down and seeing what's underneath. 
Again, being mentally prepared for not knowing what's going to what's going to be underneath there. Um, we found in our, one of our innovations that we had to make a change to our heating HVAC system because we just couldn't get through the uh, granite uh, basement. We had to come up with a secondary heating system for the addition on the first floor. So you go with it. You know, you didn't know that before. Now you know it. And there's always a solution to the problem. So there's always a solution. Yep, there's that. always That's a solution, really yep, especially exactly. if you have a great contractor. Um, yes. And then the phase four is really, I, I've called this the fun starts here. And that's rebuilding everything. And there's some there. The the good thing to know about here is that it's a very specific process and that you're a really great contractor will lead you through that process because you can't do step B until step A is completely finished. (laughs) And there's a it is a rhyme and a reason to what they do. And a good contractor, this this is they this rolls off their tongue. It's easy for them because they've done it over and over again. Mm-hmm. And they will guide you as to your decision-making process. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to start with the fun stuff, right? I want my kitchen. I want to design my kitchen. I want to see what the kitchen's going to look like. I want to pick the cabinet colors or the wall colors or all that great stuff. The, you know, that's that part to me, maybe not for everybody, but for me, that was exciting. And I remember my contractor kept saying, don't talk to me about a kitchen. I don't want to hear it. You have one task this week. And whatever that task was, maybe it was picking my windows or picking interior doors or handles of those doors. We, you know, we designed it ourselves. So we did not have an interior designer telling us, okay, here's three beautiful doors. You get to pick one. We were, we were starting with sort of like any, what, what, you know, any door you want, but um, for all of you folks in real estate out there, this is a competitive advantage you have, I would say, or an advantage or a, like just a bonus that you've been through so many homes, you start to understand what a good, um, some of these interior, um, you know, thinking of doors, what what looks good in a home and what um, what paint colors you like and what's trending. So yeah. Design yep. and function for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that's something, and you can spend a lot of time on these websites that we talked about before too, the house and the Pinterest and looking through blogs of designers that you find that you like their style to get ideas. And then you really do want to think about the functionality. And I'm thinking about your office, Beth, you have that beautiful sunny office there and you've got to, you know, to, to make that room into an office was brilliant to put a door on that so that you have a space to work and then you can open the French door and it can feel like it flows with the rest of the house at the same time. It's, it makes so much sense. So that's, you know, you want to think about the use case, the use, yeah, the user design, and what is going to make sense for the people that are habitating that house. Yep, yep. And so the you know this part of the process, it's a set. You know, I'm gonna ram. You know, I'm gonna run you through sort of all of the pieces that happen. You start with foundation. You go to framing. You get your roof and your windows installed. Then you do your plumbing and electrical, and then you're going to have to have sign-offs from the building department. That's another thing you have to uh, that that could change your time frame a little bit. The building department's backed up, so planning all of that is really important. You're also going to have the bank appraiser coming out along the way, and you want to get ahead of that so you're not waiting three or four days for them to get there. And then you start the the you know the sheetrock and the plaster. You get to start doing your your kitchens, your baths, your tiles, your flooring, your painting, and then your final flooring. So it's is it really um, it's exciting, 
Um, and it comes together quick at the end. Um, I, I remember feeling at the beginning, like, wow, this is this ever going to get done? And then once <laughs> those interior walls are up, boy, it starts to take shape and it's exciting. So yeah, um, especially if you have yeah. a good contractor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and, and so just to point on that, because we are going through a renovation right now where we're towards the end and it's going slower. And I, I just want to say, I think um, you, you just talked about building codes and permits. It's really important to work with someone that understands the permitting process in your town. What are the codes? When do you have to abide by those codes? At what point have you done? Usually there's a certain amount of renovation. If you do, then you've got to update the standards of portions of the house to that code. If it's a smaller project, you may not have to, but if the building inspector's coming in, even though you didn't renovate the stairs, but the stairs aren't up to code anymore, they might make you rebuild those stairs. It, does it sound like I'm speaking from personal experience? <laughs> Maybe I am. <laughs> um, yeah. So you, you really want to make sure that this person is A, someone that you trust, B, they're really knowledgeable in the local market, and C, you like working with them and you trust them. And and I think to find an amazing contractor, word of mouth, like nothing really beats getting recommendations mm -hmm. from people that you trust. We, when we're working with real estate clients, we happily will share all of our resources locally and our partners nationwide have a similar, most of them have something similar where they will share their trusted resources with you. So that's a great place to start. And you might want to double check and, and get some other people in and interview a couple different people before you pull the trigger, because this is a really important hire, especially if you're doing a big renovation, like the one that you're talking about, Beth. Yep. Absolutely. And I would say also, I'd add a fourth kind of quality to that contractor is being level-headed and having good relationships, not only with the subcontractors, but with all those local inspectors, because mm. those local inspectors are whether what they say you can't get around you have to do what they say and yeah. so you can yeah. um be hot-headed and fight with them or you can use the mantra you attract more bees with honey <laughs> yeah. and 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 be really um kind to them and uh polite and maybe bring them a crock of soup too <laughs> <laughs> yeah and even though you're 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 it's like you know it's like a referee in a game <laughs> do you know what I mean um you can fight with them but it usually doesn't pay off you know because right. they can make your life miserable or they can also make your make your project go smoothly um and so that's really important your contractor you know and having maybe having that conversation up front and the more uh, the more you go into this with being a good client and not causing your contractor to have a ton of headache because you're you're being a, a pain in the neck to them, the more they're going to probably um, reciprocate that and handle um, the the inspectors and the subcontractors with that same vibe and energy, and it's going to make your project go a lot smoother. Absolutely, love it, love it. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's super helpful. And I think too, you know, if you're contemplating a renovation or making some updates to your home and you're not sure about whether or not they're adding value to your home um, and are going to be interesting for resale, run them by us, reach mm -hmm. out. We'll be happy to take a look. We love to, we love to talk about this kind of thing. There's a reason we've both been through a lot of renovations. Um, we're happy to talk to you about any improvements or updates that you might want to make and what type of resale you could expect from something like that. Um, I think it's important in today's market and 
you really have an opportunity. It's, it's kind of like a side hustle. You could think of it that way. People Mm -hmm. are always looking for how to create additional income. Doing a renovation will cost you some money up front. And in the majority of cases, if you do it well, you will reap the rewards later on. And so I like to encourage people to buy a place where they can put their own spin on it and renovate so that they can create more equity, create more value. There's always going to be someone who comes along who does not want to live through it and make the difficult decisions and go through the process. So if you are interested in that at all, I would encourage you to think about what you can do to create more value to where you live today or to your next property. Mm-hmm. 100%. I'm I'm out shopping with the buyer right now and we're looking for spaces that we can add um um finished space to like um unfinished basements or we looked at an awesome house the other day that had a, a walk-up attic that was great space to to um without having to do things like foundations and and all that kind of thing. So um I feel as though we, Christine and I have a great eye for that. So if you're a buyer in the greater Boston area and you want to use us as your agent, um, we will um, provide that kind of insight and do it happily because it's a lot of fun. Absolutely. So hope this is helpful. And um, we will probably be touching on this topic again, because again, it's a great place to add equity and create value. And there are so many opportunities to, um, to do this because there's a lot of homes that are ripe for renovation. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you Thank so you much everyone. for joining us and um, we'll talk to you next time. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Abundant Investor Podcast and learned something new. We would love to hear from you. And if you did get something from this episode, please subscribe and rate this podcast so more people can find it and live their rich lives too. And remember, an abundant mindset means there's always plenty to go around and through giving, we receive.